Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. I'm happy that you've found your way here as we turn to God's Word in the Bible for inspiration and support. Each week, we look at a passage from Scripture with the goal of finding and applying lessons for our day-to-day lives. None of us is perfect. We're constantly being faced with situations that tempt us to act in ways that are contrary to God's will for us. When we fail and succumb to temptation, we end up hurting ourselves and others. Although we have the assurance of God's forgiveness when we stumble, today I want us to think about how we can keep from falling in the first place. And what better place to start than by hearing the story of Jesus' temptation? The story comes from the fourth chapter of St. Luke. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Back in the 1980s, a new, cheap, powerful, and highly addictive drug, crack cocaine, was added to the menu of addictive substances that Americans consumed, making an already raging drug epidemic even worse. Cocaine-related emergency room visits increased fourfold between 1984 and 1987. And in response, the newly elected President Ronald Reagan reprioritized the war on drugs which Richard Nixon had declared back in the 70s. Spearheading the charge, First Lady Nancy Reagan launched the Just Say No campaign, which encouraged children to reject experimenting with or using drugs by simply saying the word no. The Just Say No campaign continued on under the same name for over a decade. But sadly, some 40 years later, too many of us are still just saying yes. Just Say No was well-meaning, commonsensical, and probably saved lives. It led to the popular D.A.R.E. programs prevented in schools around the country. But this simple slogan underestimated the power that temptations especially highly pleasurable ones and addictive ones, hold over us. 
Even as the angel on her right shoulder whispers, just say no, the devil on her right shoulder screams the Nike slogan, just do it. We're constantly in the middle of a tug-of-war between what Abraham Lincoln called the better angels of our nature and our personal demons. Being constantly engaged in moral warfare is not a comfortable way for us to live. Half the time we're driven crazy by desires that we struggle to resist, and the other half the time suffering from the guilt of giving in. Whether we're tempted by something as mundane as unhealthy eating habits or as serious as committing a crime to get something we want, it's important for us to develop some insights and skills as to how we respond to temptation. So how can the story of Jesus' temptation help us? First of all, Jesus found himself in a vulnerable position. Led by the Holy Spirit, Jesus had gone out into the desert for a time of fasting and personal introspection. It's a common practice of spiritual people of the day. Stripping away all the supports and distractions of normal life puts you in touch with your true self. Jesus was hungry and alone. He was living unprotected in a wild and dangerous environment, surrounded by wild animals and other physical dangers. And he was totally alone. Then the testing begins. Just as happened with Adam and Eve, the tempter appears. The first temptation strikes at his most immediate need, hunger. He was famished. He hadn't had anything to eat for 40 days. The devil says, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. He doesn't offer him a loaf of bread. He challenges him to turn a stone into a loaf of bread, which he could have done with his divine power. The devil knows that. And Jesus refuses by quoting scripture. It is written, One does not live by bread alone. So Jesus prevailed against this first temptation. Now, we're all challenged by our desire for material things. As in this case, some of these things are necessities. We need nutrition. Our bodies get hungry. Although none of us have the divine powers attributed to Jesus, we do have ways of satisfying our needs and desires. You and other members of your family work hard to put food on your table. It's a good thing. And that's what it means to be a responsible adult. But that's not the point of this first temptation, as Jesus implies in his quote from Deuteronomy, where he says, You shall not live by bread alone. It's the alone that is the important part. We need more than material things in life. That scripture Jesus quoted continues, But by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus' first temptation is about setting priorities in life. In our consumer culture, we're always tempted to satisfy our desire for material stuff. We work ourselves to a frazzle so that we can have fancier cars, bigger houses, faster phones, and go out to finer restaurants. And as if we didn't have enough appetite for the stuff in our lives, a constant barrage of advertising on TV and social media is always filling our heads with more and more stuff that we're convinced that we need, not just want. 
These hungers can take over our lives and crowd out the more important things in life, especially the relationships that we neglect in the pursuit of things we mistakenly think will make us happy. Now, there are two ways that Jesus teaches us to avoid this temptation. First of all, was the act of going out into the desert to fast and face his temptations. I'm not saying to head out into the woods for a month, but intentionally cutting back on a few of the extravagances of life can be eye-opening. For many people, one of the positive effects that the COVID pandemic has had is that it's provided a kind of wilderness experience for us. We can't go out to eat and party like we used to. We don't need to buy new clothes because we have no place to wear them. Consequently, I've heard some people say that they've reprioritized. They're enjoying staying at home with family, and they realize they don't need so much stuff. There's some feeling that some of these new and simpler ways of life may be permanent, that they may be the new normal, because we've examined what we need as opposed to what we want. The second tool that Jesus gives us for fighting these material temptations is to turn to the Word of God. When we do that, when we turn to the Word of God in Scripture, we'll be constantly reminded of the important spiritual part of life that are most important. But that takes intention and effort. But God's Word is deeply satisfying. The fact that you took the time to listen today is a sign that you feel a need for God's Word and will carve out time to make it a part of your life. You're choosing not to live by bread alone. So turn to Scripture to help you face temptation. Well, after Jesus passes the first test, the tempter leads him up onto a high cliff and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. When I've led groups uh, of people to the Holy Land, we take a cable car up the Mount of Temptation and stand in the spot where tradition says that Jesus was tempted. It's a beautiful sight. In the distance, you can see the fertile Jordan Valley, the Sea of Galilee, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan. These are the lands that have been fought over for millennia. Thousands of years of war have been fought because human beings have succumbed to the temptation for power, the same one that was put before Jesus. Again, Jesus quotes the Old Testament saying, It's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Most of us don't have any desire to rule nations or hold political office for that matter. The lives of politicians and power brokers doesn't seem very tempting to me. I think instead that we want to be associated with power. We want to be on the winning side. We want our candidate to win the election. We want our ideas and our ideals to prevail. We identify with pundits and authorities, and our sense of power rises and falls with them. Protests and riots arise when people feel powerless. In the past few years, we have seen the tragic consequences of the quest for power. The question we all have to answer is to whom do we invest authority? Jesus says that the answer is clear. There is only one authority. All authority on heaven and earth comes from God. For people of faith, all authority derives from God. We can evaluate and validate earthly authorities, 
by how they conform to the rule of God. If I see that a political leader's policies promote self-interest and hate, that leader has no authority. If I see a group working to promote justice and equality, I could get behind that. But our ultimate allegiance is owed to God. And it will take some discernment to figure out who ultimately is working under the authority of God. Jesus faces one final temptation. The tempter takes him up on the high point of the temple and tells him to throw himself off. After all, God has promised that he would save him, as the psalmist says, he will bear you up on eagle's wings so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You see, even the devil can quote scripture. And Jesus shuts him down one final time. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil leaves him. Have you ever tested God? Well, this is what we do when we have lapses of faith. I've been with many people of faith when someone they love is dying. And I don't recall hearing one of them say, if God lets him die, I won't believe in him anymore. But that struggle may be going on in the back of our minds. That's our final temptation. To give up on God when things are bleak. When that temptation starts its work, it's time for us to turn to Scripture. It's time for us to say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, I have faith in you, Lord, no matter what, through good and through bad. I don't need to put you to the test. And then finally, pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the devil will depart from you. You will have passed the test. Thank you for joining me this week. May God bless you and keep you. May God save you from all temptation and guard you from all evil. Amen. <laughs>